0: We just want to praise the Lord and worship Him today in spirit and in truth. Let's pray. Father, thank You for loving us. Thank You for all that You do. God, so many times in our lives we take things for granted. We miss the focus of what You're doing in our lives. God, help us to hesitate, take a deep breath. Realize that you're the giver of all good things. Today, your grace, because of Jesus Christ, can forever be ours. Your unmerited Savior. God, may we receive, may we display the greatest gift of all. The grace that you have given. Bless today, Lord, be with the families who are hurting. Lord, be with the Spence families, be with uh, Miss Mary Beth's family, and all others who are hurting today. Lord, minister to them in Jesus' name, amen. Welcome back this morning. Uh, we're glad you're here. If you'll look in the bulletin, if you are a minister, you're our guest. We're glad God has led you here today. We want you to make yourself at home. Inside the bulletin, you'll find a communication card. Now, for whatever reason, a lot of times they never get filled out. And so, I want to encourage you, there might even be something special. If you will fill one of those out. Now, if you're a member, you're not gonna get a special gift. But if you're visiting with us, we would love for you to fill that out. Drop it in the offering plate as it comes by. A lot of great stuff going on. I want you to make sure you look in your bulletin and see all the opportunities for worship. We're getting excited about Fall Festival, our Christmas uh, play that the kids will be putting on called David's Dynasty. And uh, you'll start understanding why this has gotten a little longer when you see that. But uh, we, we're looking forward to great things. Tonight, second week of our small groups. And so men, women, youth, children, There's something for everyone. So we want you to come tonight at 6 o'clock and enjoy our time together in God's Word. Well, I I just believe we're going to have some great singing because we're all going to sing and worship the Lord this morning. So let's stand together and let's sing.
1: And there's just some days that um, uh, you need grace every day, but some more than others. And at the Tucker house this morning, it was just a good uh, thought to know that we were coming and we were going to talk about grace today. Because um, uh, McLean and Matthew were in much need of it, uh, which therefore led Matt and Leslie uh, to be in much need of it. Um, and, you know, that happens every Sunday, you know, typically every day. There's just those days that, you know, Really feel the need for grace. It's amazing that uh, we hope we, I hope we feel it every day, but it's good to know that we have a God whose grace is unending and it is always enough. Um, and so today, as we uh, continue to see and uh, continue to dig into God's Word and give our tithes and offering, let's just rest in that grace and trust in that grace and know um, that we serve a God. Not yet. I'll just pitch an offerings up. Exactly. I'm sorry. I hear the word offerings It's This song, y'all come
0: That my first church gave me, they had stacked up rocks and made a gravesite, with a grave marker and all of that. They're so young, what were they thinking? But I reflect over the last 20 years, I'm a pastor, and I see God's grace at work. So many ways. From weddings, to births, to baptisms, to homegoing of saints. God's personal grace in my life, in my family's life, health issues, relationship issues, financial issues, spiritual issues. There is always, we got issues. Right? We all have issues. But His grace covers us. Yeah. Look, it's all about grace. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I was a little overwhelmed. I, I, as I began to try to study this week, I could not focus because I had, uh, and I, I get to, I don't got to, I get to. I, I had Sunday school this morning message this morning and small group tonight. And I was having a real hard time with First John and a real relationship overflowing into prayer time as a man from a family. And so, it may come out, you'll get a little bit of Sunday school lesson a little bit of Bible study lesson tonight and everything this morning, but when it all boils down to the reason we're here reason we stand reason we give the reason we serve the reason we do what we do it's because of that little 5 letter
2: it's
0: because of grace you know what grace is this brought it all back to me. how do you how do you define grace well i've heard the Crossed it for it. Grace is God's riches at Christ's expense. I think that's pretty good. The true biblical definition of grace is simply unmerited favor. You can't be good enough for grace to overflow. I can't. You can't. There's no good in us that deserves what we sang about this morning. There is nothing, my dear brothers and sisters in Christ, my neighbors and my friends at Eastside, there is not one speck of your DNA that deserves God's love. And yet He loves us. Oh, how He loves us. Today I want us to look at an overflowing grace. Overflow. Change pictures only. Figure we got too stagnant after five weeks and just looking at the same cup of water going in. So I, I love this picture of the water hitting the bowl and going down. We were not called to be sisters that just soak in all the water and contain it. But we are to be vessels of grace that receives the unmerited favor of God and reflects it in the lost and dying world. Grace. Grace. Greater than all our sin. I do not have a three-point outline today. I just want us to look at what grace is pray that it will penetrate the very fiber of our being so that when we walk out of this place today, with all the importance of an overflowing faith and understanding and diligence and all these other things, more than anything, we will overflow in grace. That's what he said. Now understand the context. Paul was telling the church at Corinth, actually, he said in verse 7, you are already overflowing. You're overflowing in faith and utterance and knowledge and in all diligence and in your love to us. But see that you overflow in this grace also. Overflow with what you receive. Has God not blessed us with grace? How many of you are glad to know that you are born again on your way to glory and it's not because you have to worry about you doing something or continually doing something or where you stand at any given moment. But it's because of who Jesus Christ is and because of Him alone. Are you glad? Amen. Amen. God saved me from the eternal damnation unto eternal life. Some of us don't live like we're living. We, leave, we live like we're dead. It's like someone once said about old Mr. Smith. Buried at 70, but he died in 30. He lived 40 years in this world just dead. Some folks need to be told, Hey, you're not alive. You're dead. You're just walking and doing the same old stuff day after day in a rut, not overflowing grace that is Jesus. When Jesus came on the scene, did He not change the world? I mean, we talked about it in Sunday school this morning. He goes into a house. He gets so full, they tear the roof off the place. He gets into a boat to go over to try to get away. They all get in boats and go with Him. Everywhere He goes, there's crowds. Even when they're against Him, they're there. Because they know Jesus is a catalyst for change. He is the source. Something about that man. God, the man, Jesus Christ. He said to the church of Corinth, See that you overflow in grace also. He's speaking in expressed terms of overflowing in the grace of giving. You see, the word grace is not a passive term it's an active term grace is seen in action grace is active in everything that it does when Jesus came to save sinners he didn't just cast out some sweet precious words and say be blessed I can say some words and recite some poems that maybe even give you a recitation on some christian historian and say a, a a prayer out of a book and tell you go with god and it means nothing but if i act out of the Holy Spirit's guiding and leading in my life and encourage you with the active words of grace and to empower you to be all God wants you to be and you surrender your life to the inflow and outflow of God's blessings in your life, we can change the world. I don't think y'all believe that yet. I want you to see what he's telling the church of Korea. He said, you're a very blessed church. You're very smart. You love others. You have many gifts of the Spirit, but what you're lacking is the grace of the Spirit. Notice that he tells them this. Stuck, he he, he sticks 1 Corinthians 13, that whole deal about love and the grace of God and how we are Without that, just a noise. He sticks it right in between chapters 12 and 14 on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We talk about being gifted in prophecy and administration and helps and all these other spiritual gifts. But spiritual gifts mean nothing without the graces of the Spirit. See, grace in is grace out. When we get under the tap, when we get up under the flow of God's love in our life, we cannot help but overflowing grace to others. Have you ever been surprised when somebody showed you grace when you didn't expect it? When somebody Had every right in the world to be mad at you that they were. When somebody that you owed something said, "Ah, it's all right, whatever," and you—I mean, you were worried sick that, "Oh man, they're going to call it, call in this debt, or they're going to, you know," they—they could rightfully hold you accountable. And yet, when it comes to that point, they said, "Ah, we'll worry about that later. We can settle up later." well, they may have said, just forget about it. Just forget about it. You see, Jesus did that for us. As we looked at Philemon, when that slave ran off, but in the midst of his rebellion from his owner, he met a man named Paul, and Paul led him to Christ. And Paul overflowed with the grace that he had received not that he took this grace out and put it in philemon or in onesimus but that he shared the truth of grace and god saved onesimus and paul wrote a letter to philemon the slave owner of onesimus and said look i understand what your slave has done i understand that he has rebelled and ran off but i want you to know He's not the same man that he was when he left. You see, count him no longer a slave, but as a brother. And he told him the same thing that the Good Samaritan said. If he owes you anything, Paul said, put, him up, put it on my account. Well, that would be money. Just like with the Good Samaritan when he told the innkeeper that. But when Jesus went before the throne of God, he brought with him the precious blood of the Lamb that he had shed for the multitude of sin. And he said, for all time and eternity, for all sin and all man, whatever they have done, both before they trust me as Savior and after, put it on my account. You ever done anything bad? Of course you have. Jesus paid for it. And I've stepped in it sometimes. I'll be honest with you. I mean, I have. I told Sunday school class this morning, I've always aspired to be be the Apostle Paul, but too often, I act more like Peter. The early Peter. The Peter that let his mouth overload himself. The one that said, Oh, I'm this and I'm that, and I I can do it all for you, Jesus, only to realize that I'm a complete failure. And yet, God still loves me. Church, he tells us very clearly that we have an example in the church at Macedonia. You say, I I just don't know about all this grace and this giving. Well. It's got to come in if it's going to go out. And he said the church of Macedonia was a great example. In verse 1, Brethren, we want you to know the grace of God that was bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. How that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance or the overflow of their joy and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. You know what that's saying? It says they didn't have hardly anything, but everything they had, they were willing to give. We don't have a million dollar budget. So what? You say, oh, but if we had more money, we could do more things if we had more. Look, do you think God doesn't know what we've got? God... us with if we will just be willing. He said it was according to Macedonia's liberality. Are we willing? Are we willing to give in this example? But you see, Jesus is the greatest example. He said, I speak not by commandment, verse 8, but by occasion of the forwardness of others to prove the sincerity of your love. For you know, you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might be rich. What an example. Let me ask you something today. What's a soul worth? Can you put a price tag on Look over at one of your loved ones. Look at these kids. Look at these precious children. That nursery over there is praying I'll get done in the next ten minutes. Look at yours. Look at your family member and tell me what they're worth. And then ask yourself, am I giving everything I can to reach those their prices because Jesus paid the price. We don't have to, but He has called us. Paul is charging the church at Corinth to overflow, to be active with what God has put in. Look, God didn't save you to hoard up His blessings. We say what they're going through. Compared to them, I'm blessed. We don't know how God can bless them in the midst of turmoil and trials. That's arrogance. What we need to understand, the church in Macedonia would have been looked down upon in today's society. They were not a mega church. They probably run about 40 in Sunday school maybe. But what they had, they gave. They were willing. Look, church, you know what a beautiful, very present tense example of that is? This body of believers gave over $5,000 to empower missionaries to help young mothers and orphans in a place that most of us would never go in East Africa place called Uganda, where Boko Haram and ISIS and others are trying to make inroads. Places where Ebola and stuff, though it's still in West Africa, is approaching. Where AIDS is still the number one killer of young adults and yet through over $5,000 $5,000 worth of grace giving. There, this past week, young mothers were learning how to sew and learning how to make crafts so that they can feed their children, so that they would be alive for long enough to hear somebody say, Jesus loves you. That's your liberality. Some of you wouldn't pay a dollar. For a five gallon pot of spaghetti to eat at home. But you gave $20. You gave $100. You didn't even really care about the food. But you gave. Because it was something worth giving for. Because it was overflowing grace. That's an example. That's what we're supposed to do.
2: Unmerited
0: family. How can you say that you love someone you've never met? How can you say that you love people in a country you've never even visited? Because you know that Christ, for the Father's will, and for our sake loves them, and we love them through Him. Amen? Anybody ever tell you about Jesus? Well, of course they did. That's how you come to know Jesus in the full pardon of grace. And it was because somebody loved you. And you're somebody sitting here today thinking, nobody loves me. Satan is... Away. You say, I'm all alone, and I feel unloved, and I feel unwanted, and I have no purpose. You wouldn't be here if you completely believed that. But I'm here to tell you today, if this whole world fails you, and your spouse runs off without you, takes the, the ice cube holders out of the freezer, it even takes the little rod that holds the toilet paper up, now you think I'm joking, but I know somebody that got done that way. It's the reason I know to say it. When you feel like you walked in and your boss has took care of you, loves you, and you walk in, they pink slip you out of the blue and say, oh, that's just the way it is. I mean, times are tough. Always know. That. Church of Macedonia gave liberally out of the problem. And Jesus, though rich, became poor so that us who are poor can become rich. Not financially. I've done a lot of funerals in 30 years of ministry. I've done family members, I've done friends, I've done complete utter strangers that I've never met before. But the one thing that I tell you that every single one of them had in common is not one armored car has ever followed the funeral coach to the graveyard. Not one. Now people shove stuff in caskets and everything else. But the loved one didn't take it with it. We need to understand God's grace is the only thing we can take with us to eternity. You ever thought about it that way? Jesus told His apostles, He said, Where I'm going, you can't go. But through me, you can understand it. See, we have an obligation if we really have real grace. I want to be as brief as I can this morning. If If there's a genuine grace in us, church, there's first going to be an eagerness to overflow, and second of all, there's going to be a willingness. You're not going to have to have your wallet pried over. You're not going to have to have your spiritual gift set, urged on. You're going to be both eager and willing to serve God. It doesn't mean everybody's going to get on a plane and fly to Africa. It doesn't mean everyone is going to teach Vacation Bible School. But it does mean that every believer is a witness for Jesus Christ. And every believer that is grace-filled will overflow with the grace that God has put in it. If you truly believe and trust and obey that grace. Amen? Some of you, now wore my bow tie today. What color is it? Why do you think I wore that? for breast cancer where?
2: not
0: because many of you have faced that. And I wear that in honor of that today. My mother has not had breast cancer, but my mother has survived cancer three different times. And I've had other friends and close family members and some of you who have been through different situations like that. Well, what we have to understand, even in the midst of that, some of you have been able to walk up when someone were, was devastated to hear the word, and you walked up, put your arm around them, and said, don't sweat it, I've been there. Those who Answer. I can't tell somebody I know how you feel. But some of you can. And you're able to minister to other people in a way I can. That's overflowing grace. Right? You know who's giving me a hard time about turning 50? All of you old people. Because misery loves company. That's who's done it to me. But it's because you have lived it. Hey, it's wonderful. Somebody made fun fun of my mother and my brother saying something about making sure I get discounts. I'm going to tell you, I already told you this. You know what the first birthday present I received this year? This is cool, man. It came in the mail. I I didn't even know it came in the mail. No, I wouldn't trust that bunch of left wing liberals. If you've got an AARP card, you ought to act like your Vietnam liberals. Take it out front and burn it like a draft card. <laughs> no, I got a check in the mail from my insurance company. It says, "Now that you are older, you receive an age discount." <laughs> Well, bless God, it's about time the insurance company gave me some money back. Amen. Hey, if you had to turn, look, well, I'll turn 50 every year if they'll send me a check.
2: That's
0: awesome. I would go get the cheap coffee at McDonald's, but it ain't worth drinking. Listen, there's a blessing. And what we go through, we can encourage others. Right? Encourage others. Lift them up. We need to be active in our grace. I want you to look with me. If it's real active grace, then it's going to be proven by our sincerity. He said that in verse 8. To prove the sincerity of your love. In verse 24, he said, Wherefore, show you to them. Show them. And before the churches, the proof... Of your love and of our boasting on your behalf. James said, I will show you my faith by my works. Right? A Christian that runs around saying, I'm going to heaven, I'm going to heaven, and lives like the world. You gotta wonder if there's any grace there to start. With. Real grace is acting grace. And if it's in you, it's got to come out. It's got to. Because greater is he that is within us than he that is within the world. If you run around the world, sound like the world, act like the world, talk like the world, live like the world, you got to wonder, where is your residence? Is it in this world or the one to come? We need to prove, not to say the world needs to believe it, but no, just by living out grace, the world's going to see it. If you prove by your sincerity, that means you're the one when somebody owes you something, whether it's an emotional debt, somebody's been ugly to you, you've had a family member. Stick it. Stick it to you. <laughs> and yet you love it. And you say, it's not worth holding the rose. I'm going to love them anyway. That is proving your grace. Not yours, but the grace that indwells you. Stop hanging on that with, which is rotting you out from the inside. Can I tell you my daddy taught me that lesson? Not when I was a boy. He didn't sit down and spill it out to me. He showed it to me. And I saw it last Saturday. Because through the homegoing of my grandparents, I saw my dad. I witnessed it. I know what happened. And I know how my dad was done. And yet when his family, family member walked in for his 80th birthday party, he loved them as if they had never done anything. My dad was my hero. Because I had a hard time. Because I got on with my mom and I said, Why in the world did you invite me? Back? I, look, I tell y'all, I'm not the most spiritual person in the world sometimes. But my mother said, because your daddy won't spend here. I said, yes, ma'am. And I sat and I watched and I learned a very valuable lesson because I was willing to shut my mouth and open my heart. And I learned, you know, everybody's not going to be nice. You know, there's somebody walking around that don't like me because I've done something or they perceive that I meant to do something. So the next time I want to get mad and hold a grudge, I need to remember there's somebody out there that's the same way toward me. And the one who deserves more than anybody is God because His
2: Son had to
0: die for me. And yet He loves me. For that exact express reason, He sent His Son to die. That's proven by sincerity, right? Performance in giving. He said in verse 9, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though He was rich, yet for your sakes He became poor. Because He gave. And there's a performance in this giving. Verse 10, And herein I give my advice, for this is important, it's expedient for you, who have begun before, not only to do, but also to be forward a year ago. They had a plan of giving prior. Sounds like us, doesn't it? What was our prior giving plan for the Rock and for Eastside Baptist Church? Beyond measure. measure. And it was a timed out giving process. Am I right? Am I right? It started before I came, correct? Started under the leadership, Brother Gates, And the church voted on it. And the church supported it. Matter of fact, it expired the first year I was here. It had run its course. But some of you still giving to it. You don't know why? Because it's not done yet. Now we're no longer going to call it beyond measure. We're going to call it overflow. Because God has poured into us. It's time for us to pour back. We are below $183,000 left on paying everything off. Amen. Do y'all realize that this congregation, this body of believers is approaching giving $100,000 above the general fund this year toward debt relief? But I just believe it in my heart that if we truly give out of the liberality of our poverty you say i can't afford it what have we been saying you can't afford not to we're going to start with this look what he says in verse 11. now as you began a year ago perform the doing of it some of you may have pledged that you would give so much over a three-year period Maybe a year in, 18 months in, maybe two and a half years in, you said, well, I only missed two months or whatever you missed and you did not fulfill your pledge, it's time to fulfill it. Don't, don't go into 2015 not having fulfilled the pledge you made. We have a lot of new church members that have no earthly idea what I'm talking about beyond measure. But you want to be a part and you need to learn how to give as well. You young couples and older couples that have become members at Eastside. Look, you want to be a member? Be fully bought in. And here's how we give. He is saying from Scripture, now perform it. That as there was a readiness to will, so there may be a performance also out of that which we have. Here's how we're going to do it. Two weeks from today. Here's the statistics throughout all Southern Baptist Church. On average, 80% of the budget is given by 20% of the church membership. Here's what I'm going to challenge you to do, church. You say, you're on money. You better believe I am because Paul is and the Holy Spirit led him to it. How do you think mission trips were funded then, the same way they are now? With money. Right? You'll learn how to deal with money, give it away. God will loosen your grip. Corey Ten Boom said, I've learned to hold all things loosely. That way it don't hurt as bad when God takes it's blood. Here's what we're going to do two weeks from today. You want to hear me? Church member? Born-again believer. You may not be a member, but you've not been tithing. When did it say if you're not a member of that, that church yet? Your membership's still over there. Where Uncle Jim's buried, where you went to Bible school, where uh, Grandpa Moses took you on a mule. It doesn't matter. If you're not tithing, you're not being faithful. Y'all can laugh, that's funny. Except for the not tithing. Here's what we're going to do. Two weeks from today, it's going to be bring the tithe Sunday. We're not asking for sacrificial giving. We're just asking you to be biblical. That's all we're going to ask. Every church member, bring your tithe. Now, you give based on the tithe you believe God wants you to give. God, look, I can go on and tell you it's not going to be a tip. God wants more than a tip. We went naked for my birthday yesterday. I told Becky, I said, he did a real good job. I said, leave him a good tip. She said, oh, don't worry. They already got it on the tip. On the tip. Because we had six people there. That ain't a tip. That's the charge. But listen to me. Don't try to tip God. and expect God to pour out the abundance of his blessings when you're folding up three $1 bills and putting it in an offering plate. Don't get mad at me. I don't print some money every Sunday. Jesus talked a whole lot more about money than I do. If you read the Gospels, you'll realize that every fourth, on average, every fourth chapter, Jesus uses money to teach about faithfulness. Are we being faithful? Two weeks a day, Oh, I'm asking you as a pastor. It's to be biblical and try God. Me and Bruce was talking about this other day. He says, Pastor, I don't understand how people can't try. He says, they would just do it. If they'd just do it one time, God would blow their mind. <coughs> Some of you here today are been in that same boat like me and others. You thought you couldn't afford to, and once you gave, you realized you can't afford not to. Two weeks from today, Bring the tithe Sunday. Teenagers, you got a side job, you babysit, bring 10% of what you make. Put mm-hmm. it out from the plate Now,
2: yeah.
0: if God yeah. leads you to give more, give more. But well, let's just try God. Based on the grace poured into us, let us perform in giving. Providing insufficiency. He said in chapter 8, verse 21. Providing for honest things, not only in the side of the Lord, but also in the sight of men. The world's watching you east side. Wear your Christian shirts. Wear your east side men's shirt. Wear your east side youth ministry shirt. One time they know where you're at. You're a target. They're waiting. They're watching to see if you're really going to live like you say Jesus wants you to. You say, "Well, I'm not perfect." Look, we're ain't going to buy that because they're lost. They don't get that. You mean you expect me to live perfect? No, I don't expect you to do anything. But I know the Bible says that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. We need to understand that not only is God going to provide us with sufficiency, but we're providing. Grace before the world, in sufficiency as well. He said in chapter 9, verse 80, and God is able. Y'all believe
2: that?
0: Amen. $180,000 from here to December 31st. Do you believe God's able? Amen. Do you believe God's able? Look, we say, oh, well, we haven't given up to the budget link, but we're not as far behind as we usually are. Is that an excuse not to be budget? We voted on it. Let us believe, he said, and God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you always having all sufficiency in all things may abound unto every good work. Brother James should never have to worry about what needs that are needed for student ministry. Michelle should never have to worry sitting in her desk, how are we going to get this fall festival or vacation Bible school or youth choir, how how are we going to do this based on our book? We should never have to worry about that. Ever. If you'll remember, the children of God left Egypt after they'd been there, what? 400 and something years? They didn't own any land, they were slaves, right? And all they had was what they gathered up in one day. And when it came time to build the tabernacle, it said they brought so much. Moses said, That's enough. We've got all we need. Can you imagine a pastor standing up? Next two weeks from now on Sunday night and said, Listen, we're not going to take up an offering tonight. Y'all brought in so much this morning. We, we, we don't know what we're going to do with all that. They still over our camp. That's what Moses did. Look, I'm 50. If you do that, I may have a heart attack. Please stay close to me two weeks. <laughs> Don't get me a one of them AED machine ready. Providing insufficiency. God will provide what we need. Prepared in confidence. Do you believe in confidence? God can do all things. It's one thing to quote Philippians 4:13. It's another thing to live He said in chapter nine as touching and ministering to the saints, it is important, superfluous for me to write to you, for I know the forwardness of your mind for which I boast of you to them of Macedonia, that Achaia was ready a year ago, your zeal has provoked many. You have yet have I sent the brethren, lest our boasting of you should be in vain in this behalf, that as I said, you may be ready, lest actually, they of Macedonia, Come with me and find you unprepared. We should be ashamed in the same confident boast. We ought to be prepared in confidence, believing that God is, and that he is a rewarder to those who diligently seek him. But you know what the driving active force behind grace is all about? He said in verse 7, every man according as his purpose. In his heart. So let him give. Not grudgingly or of necessity. For God loves a cheerful giver. You know why it's more fun to give than receive? Because of love. Because you love somebody. You love them. Lisa, I won't hate all that today. I could but I will allow my family to have some because I love them that way.
2: Now I don't love them like Jesus
0: does or i would give them the whole thing. That's not going to happen. But the world sees as much of Jesus as we let it. Are we purposed in love? Is that why we have worship today because we love God and love others? Really? It's our church motto, but do we really do that? Do we really? I believe most, if not all of you do. I mean, I was overwhelmed this week with the encouragement you've given me and my family. I've seen you reach out and love on others. <clears throat> Carl is with us today. It's Mary to his son. We're glad you're to here today. We've seen you reach out in love for His family over the last few days. I think you would testify to that. But you know what? We were just reflecting back the love that Ms. Mary Beth showed us. Amen? See, that's the way real love does. Not real love, is. real love does. Real love goes the extra mile. Real love goes to, Jesus said. Real love. For people to be praising them. Real love doesn't want their name plastered all over the front of the paper. Real love just wants to love and show others to the cross. Finally, there's a project, a profession by our subjection. He said in verse 13 and 9: While by the experiment of this ministration they glorify God. For your professed subjection unto the gospel of Christ, and for your liberal distribution unto him and to all men. It has been said people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Church today, real grace is active grace, it's unmerited favor. And what Claxton needs. Is an overflow of grace. Amen. You don't change the school. Give them grace. Look they're going to have a bonfire here in church tonight. I don't get it. I complain about it. It's still the Lord's day. Whether you come to church on Sunday or, night or not. That's your loss. But it's still the Lord's day. We need to make a stand, not in ugliness, not in hatefulness, but in the grace of God, being bold that it's still the Lord's day. And that we still level regardless. And we need to tell the world and show the world that. Not in anger and say, oh, look at me I'm in the church. No, but just by not being judgmental and ugly and hateful and mean, we can tell them what we believe and do it in grace. You say, well, i just speak the truth. Well, then you're half right, which means you're completely wrong. He says, tell and speak the truth. in love, you can't do it with love and seasoned with salt. then hush your mouth. Church, listen to me as they come. I've been scattered today. I know that. May God bless this mess. And the one thing I do know, His grace is sufficient. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul was broken. Paul was miserable. The same Paul that told the church at Corinth to overflowing grace had to be told himself. And he said, Oh God, I am dying with this thorn in the flesh. And Jesus said, My grace, sufficient. Whatever you need, financially, emotionally, most of all spiritually, if you're lost without God, the Bible says, for by grace are you saved and not of yourself. Today you need to come trust Jesus Christ as your Savior and let Him pour grace into you. Whatever you need to do, if you need to be faithful in your giving of time, you need to be faithful in the giving of your time. God's blessed you with talent. You need to be faithful in giving of it. Whatever it is. You need to join in this church. You need to be baptized. You need to serve whatever. Pray, dear God, may I overflow with what you accorded to me. May the world see grace by you through us. Stand come right now. They're praying for you, and uh, will you pray for all of us, too? Will you pray in That's great. Anyone else have a word before we dismiss and pray? i got a question. Um, We all know that Ms. Sherry Alman is off the mission field doing ministry work at this time, and we have an opportunity as a church, and especially me, and tomorrow's a holiday if you are off tomorrow and have the opportunity and available to go with us to her house tomorrow morning. to Do some ministry work for her, she has no idea, but we're gonna uh, help get some yard work straightened up for her. Um, so it's an opportunity for us to do that and be blessed and being obedient. Uh, and we just wanna show up her how much we love her and appreciate her for doing what God's called her to do. So tomorrow morning, nine o'clock at her house, we're gonna meet and uh, trim some hedges, etc. If you have equipment, bring it. If you don't, you're like me, uh come help me to supervise. Um, exactly. <laughs> but uh we'd love to do that for her. So if you have the opportunity tomorrow morning at nine o'clock at her house, it's on Liberty Street just a couple blocks from here. Uh we'll be there. Thank you, Chad. Anything else for this Further
2: For the we have a lot of dishes in the kitchen that the ladies would, or the people would like to pick them up. All right.
0: when you pick them up, you always fill them up and bring them back. <laughs> Alright, nothing else? May God bless you. Come back to our small groups. If you didn't start last week, it's not too late. A lot of it was introduction and things like that. Men's on uh, we're just studying on how to pray for our family members and pray for others. And uh, ladies are studying the book of Esther. The youth are studying uh, not a fan, uh, youth edition. Kids are doing God Rocks, uh, uh, Leanne is uh, teaching the young girls, so make sure that you come. And uh, I heard the young girls clap, uh, the teenagers, uh, the young students had a great time last week, boys and girls, I know us guys had a good time, the ladies enjoyed it. Uh, you're missing if you don't come.
2: So make plans to be here for that. All right, if there's nothing else, mother that. will you just miss the-